All right, hello, everybody, and welcome to the broadcast. Jim Paris here with you, live from Palm Coast, Florida. I, people ask me, where are you in Florida? So Palm Coast, most people have never heard of it. It is about maybe 45 minutes north of Daytona Beach on the East Coast, or if you want to look at it a different way, 30 minutes south of St. Augustine, uh, right on the East Coast here. So beautiful place. And uh, I have to tell you, uh, my wife and I took a walk today and I can't tell you, I mean, just house after house being built. It is incredible what is happening here in Florida. Uh, so many out of state license plates as we go up to the grocery store or the local coffee shops, et cetera. It really seems like uh, Florida is shaping up maybe to be the next California. In any case, we are live with you every Sunday night at 9 o'clock Eastern. And uh, <laughs> we're usually live also on YouTube. We're live in a lot of places, but not tonight. I'm currently in suspension at YouTube, and I'll talk about that in this segment. Also coming up tonight in our guest segment, really excited to have him with us for the first time. This guy, he went from 420 pounds to the cover of Running World magazine. I think he lost something like 200 pounds, became an ultra marathon runner. I mean, marathon is one thing, but then ultra marathon is where they're running like for 58 miles, 100 miles. It, it's it's just incredible, this, this guy's story. Uh, to go from 420 pounds to this, I, I read his book. I was so intrigued with this story that uh, I said to my producer, whatever we have to do to get in touch with this guy, we've got to have him on the show, and he's going to be here tonight in 28 minutes. So uh, you don't want to miss that. If you're somebody that struggles at all with weight like I do, uh, you're somebody that uh, just doesn't feel like you've got all the, the energy you need like I do, uh, you want to hear what this guy has to say tonight. I mean, he, he clearly has figured it out, at least for himself how to go through this transformation next week. Tony Ortega is here. And of course his topic is Scientology, but, and there's always a lot of news on Scientology, at least at the beginning of the interview to talk about the alleged connection between the son of Sam and Scientology. There's a Netflix documentary called sons of Sam, which I watched with it, which I found very interesting. And there is an allegation made that there is a connection uh, to Scientology, uh, the people that, and they claim there's more than one person involved in the, the uh, so-called Son of Sam killings um, in New York. So we're going to talk about that with Tony Ortega next week, as well as just, you know, everything about Scientology. There's always so much to talk about when we talk about Scientology. Well, let's get into it. So as I predicted, I guess having that uh, guest that we had on last week, and I thought she was fantastic, uh, the COVID nurse that was on last week. 
by the way, her book is published by Simon and Schuster. So this is not some like self-published or far out uh, conspiracy theorist type of thing. I mean, Simon and Schuster is her publisher. So you got to believe that they fact checked everything in that book before they put it out there. So to make a long story short, I'm suspended from YouTube for seven days for doing that interview last week. I believe my suspension is up on Tuesday, but then on the way to church this morning, I got an email saying they took down another of my videos. However, they didn't give me a second strike. They just took down another video. And that was the interview I did. Uh, it was a year ago, December. So this is way, way back a year ago, December. I did an interview with, um, it wasn't Dylan Howard. It was one of his co-authors of the book on, uh, Epstein dead men tell no tales. And apparently that video, uh, was considered cyber, uh, bullying that I, we did all that about the Jeffrey Epstein story that was considered engaging in cyber bullying. Uh, and then of course the COVID nurse interview was considered dangerous, uh, misinformation, uh, med dangerous medical misinformation. That's what they tell you. So there's like a way to appeal it. So I was like, well, I don't think they'll change their mind, but so I appealed both in like within just a few minutes, they came back and said, we've reviewed your appeal and, and you're wrong, you're wrong. And we're keeping these videos off. So everybody's, I put this up on my Facebook today and everybody's telling me, you know, go to rumble, put your videos on rumble. I'm already on rumble. You know, we're on a lot of places. So this isn't, you know, I, I, I know all the different places and we're on a lot of places, but, uh, you know, I, I, I was upset about this in the beginning, but the more I thought about it, the more I thought this is probably actually a good thing. It's a good thing that they've suspended Trump for two years over at Facebook. It's probably a good thing that they're suspending so many Christians, so many conservatives. And let me tell you why that is. And I want to give you some details in a second here, but I think it's gotten so big now. Like my wife and I were talking about it this afternoon. If I was just the only one suspended, maybe this wouldn't be a good thing. It was, it was national news, um, about what was it about 11 years ago when I was suspended from Twitter? Uh, you can look that up in the news, you know, Christian guy uh, suspended from Twitter. And that was all about Rush Limbaugh trying to buy an NFL team and people coming after Rush, not saying he shouldn't be able to buy a team. And then I was supporting Rush and I ended up being suspended from Twitter uh, for upsetting some liberals. But in any case, um, I think it's a good thing because I think this is big enough now. I mean, we've got. Eric Metaxas, uh, his radio show is banned for, for good uh, from YouTube. Um, we've also got Tucker Carlson had a video taken down this last week where he was interviewing a Harvard uh, doctor, uh, <laughs> Harvard doctor, uh, about the dangers of vaccinating young children that have already had COVID. So these are young children that already have the antibodies. So he did the interview. And uh, that interview was taken down. I don't know how it works when you're with like Fox News or somebody big like that. If you get strikes and you get kicked off or anything like that. But I can tell you that um, Senator Ron Johnson of Wisconsin, Senator Ron Johnson was suspended for seven days. Uh, his suspension started earlier this week around the same time of my suspension. And that was because he shared some videos on his channel 
about hydroxychloroquine. And so um, basically anything that disagrees with the World Health Organization is not allowed on YouTube. So really, you know, one of two things is going to happen. And, and, and when I say this is this is good, take it within the context I'm saying it. What I'm saying is that this is big enough now that someone's going to start. I mean, there's going to be multiple options for us soon. And the story, I, I, I did a little bit of Googling today. Uh, and by the way, I probably should stop using Google. My wife and I were talking about that. And, and DuckDuckGo is probably a better search engine anyway. And we don't want to support what's happening with these big companies. But in any case, there is kind of a buzz that Trump is going to be launching his own social network maybe in the coming weeks. And that would be really cool. I'm honestly confused about Frank's speech because it was supposed to be, as it was described by Mike Lindell, a combination of YouTube and Twitter. And that sounded great. And then it went online a few weeks ago and I was one of the first people to sign up for it. But now there's no way that anybody is nobody and some shows he's picked that he has on there, but it's more like a streaming site of content and it's a good site. Don't get me wrong, but it's not really a social site in the sense that you or I can't post to it. And maybe that's just coming soon. And, and maybe I don't know all the latest details as to why there's a delay on including that element of it. But uh, I was hoping that that would come through, but but it hasn't. Uh, but in any case, um, I, I think I was probably the most baffled of all by the takedown of that Jeffrey Epstein uh, interview, which was from a year ago, December. Um, the the guest was James Roberts. Um, let me let me pull it up so I get his name right. He was um, he's one of the co-authors of the uh, the book Epstein, Dead Men Tell No Tales. And what happened was uh, Dylan Howard couldn't be on uh, the show with us because. He had a delay with his flight from Australia. Yeah, so his name is James Robertson, uh, and he was with us. It was not this last December, but the December before. So we're talking about, what, um, a year and a half ago, we did that special. Uh, it was like a 90-minute uh, investigative everything you want to know about Epstein. And somehow... That was categorized as cyberbullying. Now, they don't give you a lot of details. They just kind of give you general, you know, idea of what they say that you did wrong. So I don't know who I was bullying. Maybe I was bullying Epstein. I don't know if I was bullying Jelaine Maxwell. I'm not really sure. Uh, but, you know, I honestly, I don't really expect to last much longer on YouTube because you know, I thought about it today and I thought even if I wanted to try to change the nature of the show and not talk about things that would trigger YouTube, I honestly don't even know how to do that. I don't even know how to do a show where I could know what would trigger them or not. You know, for example, we've got this interview coming up here. Uh, in 18 minutes about it's going to be all about how to, uh, you know, improve your health, how to lose weight, how to eat better, all of that stuff. Well, maybe they'll say this is not 
approved by the WHO. So, you know, the idea of, you know, doing whatever we're going to talk about is is not an approved concept by WHO. I don't know. I, and, and the idea that a video could be up a year and a half, that Epstein show we did, which I thought was fantastic. Uh, and, and man, you know... <laughs> I mean, you think that it's if it's okay to bash somebody, it would be Jeffrey Epstein, right? But I guess even even from the grave, he's protected. Somehow, I was cyberbullying. I'm not sure if it was him or who I was cyberbullying. But it is interesting in in the whole context of all of this that uh, Jeffrey Tubin is back, a guy whose last name has actually become a verb, and uh, Jeffrey Tubin is back on CNN. After what happened now, I'm not going to even say it on the show because we have some standards here <laughs> outside of YouTube, uh, you know, putting up some guardrails. I've got some guardrails of my own and uh, we're not going to even talk about what happened on Zoom uh, with Jeffrey Tubin. But it is it's it's just bizarre. It's like here he is. He's back. Now, the one the one phrase I always disliked that liberals would use is. Everyone has the right to their own truth. Everyone has the right to their own truth. I never really liked that because what it suggested is there is really no objective truth. I mean, you could basically say anything and it's your truth. But those same people that say that say that I can't have the COVID nurse on to share her story from her Simon and Schuster published book. What? I mean, that's that's her truth. <laughs> and she's got Simon and Schuster backing her up and she's got videos of everything she claims happened at that hospital. She she made videos of it on her phone. I mean, it's you know, it's definitely her truth. So why doesn't that apply? I, you know, it's 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 a weird it, it's it, if you know, as um, I, I've heard this phrase, I'm, I'm stealing it from from someone else. But if it weren't for double standards <laughs> liberals would have no standards right i mean it's just it's just crazy okay uh on a more somber note uh, a great actor someone that you may have loved in superman and a number of other movies ned Beatty, has died today at the age of 83 all right we've got a lot more news coming ahead but i want to just uh take a moment and tell you who's paying for the show tonight tonight's sponsor is internet paycheck for life Com. And this is my online class. I did this class for years from 2008 to 2015. I taught this class thousands of people from all over the world how to set up an online business, how to do blogging and video production, how to write ebooks, how to use affiliate marketing, how to do email campaigns, all the things you need to do to learn how to use the internet to create an income, whether it be a second income or a primary income. So I discontinued the course, got burned out on that, stopped it in 20, what was it, 2015, 2016, and I just reopened it uh, about a year ago. So we've been doing it for a year, and uh, we've got it set up for you now that you can watch three videos for free to check it out. There's also a $17 option where you can try it for $17. There's sort of a mini version of the course available. Tonight's sponsor, check it out tonight, internetpaycheckforlife.com. Tonight's sponsor, 
internet paycheck for life.com. I do not know this actor. I'm going to try and say his name. His first name is spelled S-I-A-K-A. Now, I recognized his picture, but I don't know the name. So I'm going to assume this name is, uh, here we go. I'm going to try to say it, uh, Siaka Masakwai, or or maybe it's Shaka Masakwai. He's a really well-known actor. You would recognize his picture. Uh, But I want to read this story to a Hollywood actor who has appeared in the TV reboot of Lethal Weapon, as well as the series SWAT and NCIS Los Angeles, had his home raided by the FBI this week after he allegedly uh, was found to have taken part in the January 6th Capitol riot. Uh, some 20 agents in tactical gear raided his home in North Hollywood just before 6 a.m. on Friday, according to the Los Angeles Times. So this whole January 6th thing is still going. I mean, they're still, you know, raiding people's homes and all of this is still going. And okay, that's fine. Uh, But I, I have a question, which is, when are we going to find out about the uh, shooting death of the unarmed Air Force veteran by the name of Ashley Babbitt? You know, any other time that someone is an unarmed, you know, uh, they're unarmed and they're shot and killed by the police. It's like national. I mean, people are ready to, you know, burn down cities and so forth. Uh, but but we don't even know who the police officer was. And, uh, I think the family deserves to have a little bit more information on that. Uh, and and I, I still keep asking the question of, um, you know, why aren't equal resources going to uh, investigate these, these incredibly violent riots and burnings and lootings of major cities uh, that happened that were far more violent than what happened on January the 6th. I mean, I'm just saying, I mean, if we're going to go after the January 6th people, then I think we should go after everyone that is involved in these riots. And again, we've said it on the show for people that have, that went in and, and, and were, you know, vandalizing the Capitol, they should be prosecuted. Um, But it seems like there's uh, an incredible overemphasis on going after these people. It just the resources that seem to be dedicated to going after these people. Um, and as far as we know, I don't think uh, anyone was actually armed. There might have been, uh, I think uh, FBI Director Ray said maybe one person uh, was found to have been armed. Um, but, uh, you know, this is, I, I personally think it was blown up into uh, something much bigger than it really was the way it was described later. And I still have so many questions about these videos that I saw of the Capitol Hill police waving people in. I, I, I'm just wondering, why would that be? I'm not suggesting anything. I'm just asking, why would that be? Uh, so anyway, uh, you can you can see that story over at the Los Angeles Times. And my apologies for butchering the, the, the pronunciation of the name, but you would definitely recognize this actor. He's one of those actors that's been in a lot of stuff, but the name isn't necessarily familiar, but you definitely recognize his face. Well, it's all about inflation right now. 
it's going crazy. It's just absolutely crazy. Ran into a friend at uh, up at Starbucks, which, by the way, uh, Starbucks is letting people come in without masks, letting people sit down at a table without a mask and drink coffee. <laughs> so, you know, the, the the whole thing is over because that's, you know, like the most woke uh, organization out there. But in any case, ran into a friend up there and he was talking about they're, they're trying to build a home and uh, they just they can't get materials. Uh, and the materials that they can get are just off the charts, the cost of just basic building materials like lumber um, and, and concrete, just the basic materials to build a home are just, you know, and I can't even believe I, I'm checking on Zillow, what Zillow is saying that our house is worth, which since 2010 has more than tripled. What? Uh, yeah, it's crazy what's going on. And um, where people are going to feel this um, the most directly is in the price of gas. And uh, I, I just noticed that here in Central Florida, we're just about to go over $3 per gallon. And, you know, it was just a few months ago when it was a couple dollars or wasn't it below a couple of dollars? I, I think it was. And now we're over $3. I posted this on my Facebook. A lot of people in other areas are kind of like upset with me saying, hey, you think you've got it bad. Uh, I think somebody posted in California like four and a half dollars a gallon uh, for gas. And, and I've, I've said this for years. There's one thing in this economy that you can do to really put the screws to the small to the small guy, to, to the lower middle class uh, you know, lower class, you know, working class people that are struggling. One thing you can do, and that is raise gas prices, because not only is that going to hurt people just immediately in their budgets, in their checkbooks, when they've got to go and pay, you know, double for gas from what they were used to paying just a few months ago. But that thing gets built into the price of everything. And I'm reading just some crazy stories like uh, what Chipotle is doing. Chipotle is now paying their managers, the manager of a Chipotle will now get paid over a hundred thousand dollars a year, which great, you know, God bless, you know, that a manager can make that kind of money of Chipotle. But, but then what's happening is Chipotle is at the same time, they're raising their prices. They're actually shrinking the size of the burritos. And I read this story last week and I thought it was absolutely hilarious because that's, that's what these they're doing at the grocery store too. Um, so you might be noticing some price increases, but watch the shrinking box sizes, uh, watch the shrinking packages of meat that you're buying. Uh, things are, are going to be smaller. Uh, what was that Disney movie? Um, honey, I shrunk the kids, <laughs> honey, I shrunk the burrito. You're going to get a burrito. It's going to end up. Your burrito is going to look like an egg roll. I'm not kidding you. This is what they're having to do because of all of this pressure on the price of things. And so uh, I'll tell you, I mean, when you when the price of gas goes up, when you start shutting down the XL pipeline and uh, doing all these things to make it more difficult to produce oil here in our country, uh, it's just going to push the price of everything up. Because think about it. How does how do the groceries get to the grocery store on a truck? Uh, you know, if, if you're if you're on a plane, uh, the, the, the plane tickets got a large percentage of the fuel cost built into it. I mean, it, it's, it's in everything. The cost of fuel, heating your house, uh, you know, well, you say, oh, I use electric. I don't use gas. It doesn't matter. 
uh, your electric is is coming from a plant that is going to be fueled by you know uh, you know by gas uh, in large part. So this is something that's going to really start getting into the price of everything. And real estate is just going nuts. I mean, it's absolutely going nuts. I read this story that BlackRock, the big investment firm, is is quietly buying up thousands and thousands of residential properties. This is what the Wall Street, these big Wall Street funds are doing now. And they started, they did this in 2008 after the crash. But now they're big, big, big into this, buying up thousands and thousands of single family homes and then what they'll do is turn around and rent those out those homes out and we're talking about you know i mean just a small house like around where i live people are paying like two thousand a month rent i mean it's just it's getting to be crazy uh so so you might be thinking well i'm not buying a house i'm just renting it doesn't matter that your rent the next time your rent comes up it's going to be a lot higher because when the price of that property goes up, the price of that rent is going to go up too. And when we've got these big corporate players coming in, uh, buying up all this real estate, one uh, part of this article said that in some cases they're bidding 50% above the price of the asking price of the house just to get it. And I thought to myself, man, if somebody wanted to offer me like an insane price for my house, maybe I'd just take the money. And I thought about that for a second and I thought, yeah, but where would I go? I mean, let's say that somebody like walked up and offered me like, you know, I don't know, $500,000, $600,000 for my house. It's like, okay, great. But now I got to go find another house to buy. I mean, so it's not so it's not so easy to just take the money and run because you got to find somewhere else to live. I mean, unless it's like a second house that you don't need or whatnot. Okay, uh, as we close out uh, this hour, just a little bit of an update on cryptocurrency, which I know has been, you know, kind of uh, down in the last couple of weeks, getting a lot of emails from people asking me, what do I think is going to happen? Of course, I'm in for the long run in a number of cryptocurrencies. Uh, but it was good to see Bitcoin today uh, percolating, uh, just bumping up against uh, $40,000. So, you know, I keep reading all the same stories uh, of all of the money coming into cryptocurrency from the big Wall Street players, the hedge funds. Uh, and another thing my wife and I were talking about today, the unbanked population. Do you know that like about 25 or 30 percent of the adult population in the United States does not have a bank account? And that's why cryptocurrency, that's one of the parts of it that a lot of people don't understand bank account, they don't want a bank account, that they can use cryptocurrency uh, for a lot less cost than like using Western Union or other services like that. And they're also not at risk holding on to a lot of cash. And I know these big banks, they're always talking about, you know, reaching out and trying to get uh, the unbanked people to get bank accounts to try to help them out. And, and, you know, these people, a lot of times they've got, you know, a really low balance and the account goes negative by a couple of dollars and then they're hit with 30, 40, 50 dollars of of bounce check fees and all this. Uh, a lot of people don't want bank accounts and I honestly don't blame them. Uh, you know, I, I don't you know, I try to as much as I can do as little as possible with banks. I try to just use my brokerage accounts and things like that. I I try to not, you know, have too many things going on uh, with the bank. But, you know, you, you kind of can't avoid it. 
uh, in certain cases. But crypt cryptocurrency is going to be here for the long run. And uh, as somebody put it today in one of the articles I read, um, if you take all the millionaires in the world, if each millionaire owned just one Bitcoin, there's not enough Bitcoin. There's only going to be 21 million. So every millionaire in the world right now can't even buy a single Bitcoin. Uh, there's only apparently that there's only half as much Bitcoin that will ever be created as will be needed for every millionaire to own just one single Bitcoin. So if you keep that in mind, you know, supply, demand, all of that, what's happening with inflation, still a good time uh, to be in cryptocurrency. All right, we're going to take a one-minute break, refire the open. When we come back, super excited to have him with us for the first time. Josh Lojani is here. He went from 420 pounds to the cover of Running World magazine. How in the world did he make that transformation? We'll tell you and ask him all of our questions when we come back in one minute. Stand by. <laughs> 